Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal history. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Podcast starts now. Now. Hey everybody, welcome to Stradio Lab, uh, the podcast hosted by me and um, my coworker George. George, <laughs> I know. I was just thinking, me. I'm also our, a host. What if we also? What if we changed our entire intro today? Fifty-four okay. episodes in. Well, interesting. To change it implies there is already a set intro that we do every week, rather than kind of surprising ourselves by starting to talk. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think by saying that there's not a way that we introduce the podcast sort of ignores the fact that you know the the decision to not have a structure right. is a decision and it is, and it is a format we do follow unfortunately to me many people don't know this but often i edit it out to what happens every <laughs> at the beginning of every episode is that you start and then you like you know do it differently each time and then i start dragging you for not doing it right would you say yeah. that's generally what happens? I would say that is generally what happens. There was a recent episode where I actually had to cut out my uh, part of that because I was being actually too mean. And it truly, you were like, <laughs> welcome to our podcast. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, that's not what we do. You know, George, I never, ever get mad at you for that because I see that as a fear-based response. I see, you Most know- of mine are. Most of my responses are fear-based. <laughs> And in fact, most of my, not just defense, offense, you know, everything I do, whether I'm starting it or I'm responding, it's all fear-based. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a scary thing to start a podcast, to, to intro based on, you know, nothing, just sort of see what comes out. And 
And so I can see how, you know, that, that pressure can get to you and you want to lash out at someone. Right. And well, it's like starting a fire. We're making something out of nothing. And when you have nothing to work with, it's like, if there's even a nucleus of negativity, suddenly you become, you know, it, it can turn ugly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It can turn very ugly, but luckily uh -huh. we actually have something that we want to talk about this episode, or at least I do. Yeah. And <laughs> I did text you about it. The, yeah, the I'm, I mean, I was about to give you the floor. I, I said, this is your episode. Uh, Sam's episode starts now. Um, I've been working on a little theory that I like to call 2010 is back. Huh. I think 2010 the pandemic has both brought us back in time, right. uh, culturally, economically. I think 2010 is back in a huge way. Mm. And when I say 2010, I'm speaking specifically of Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Okay. It's back. It's people are moving there again. Huh. I'm saying, I'm saying HBO's girls culturally it's back in a huge way. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm seeing sort of, I don't know what's next, but I think like we're going to go through like a, a we're going to redo sort of the pitchfork era, if you will. I was about to say, I was, a, my mind immediately went to pitchfork because I was about to ask you musically, what do you see? I, I see. Because yeah. 2010 was a huge year for music. I'm not going to look it up now, but no. to me, 2010 is like, there is Vampire Weekend in there, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, the, I feel like Drake was at his... I know I'm now actually... My examples are actually bad music, in fact. I'm not good, but... <laughs> um, but actually, both of those are great. I randomly, I agree, and thank you for saying it. <laughs> I mean, if we're talking about, like... That's like Drake's first album, you know? Yes. That's like the good stuff. And I mean, I'm have... sorry, I'm Googling 2010 albums. Oh, you know what 2010 was? What? It was my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. And We're you know back. what else it was? Two other huge things. What? The Suburbs by Arcade Fire <laughs> and Body Talk by Robin. Oh my God. To me, those three albums define 2010. 2010, I mean, okay. 2010 was a good year, actually. It was when <laughs> white people were like, Kanye, no knows what ballet is <laughs> that was this like guy i mean the the that was not the birth but maybe the solidification of people doing the like well actually kanye's doing some really awesome stuff well like, it was kind of when poptimism i don't i don't know if it peaked but it almost big poptimism it's interesting poptimism <laughs> used to be a niche thing that certain kind of music critics um, and cultural critics uh, uh, promoted. And then I feel like it became pop in 2010. For Poptimism to go mainstream, I mean, that has disastrous consequences. Next thing you know, Selena Gomez is respected as an artist. I mean, that to, to make Poptimism mainstream is literally why we are uh, screaming into Twitter, justice for sneaker night. You exactly. Know? Right. That's something... Uh, uh, something I started, by the way. Something you you literally founded that campaign. Justice for Sneaker Night, Justice for Sparks by Hillary Duff, all of that stuff. It's like Poptimism started as a good idea. You know, you would think it's like people being like, maybe we need to take another look at a songstress Mariah Carey. 
and mm-hmm. maybe we need to take her seriously as a songwriter. Mm-hmm. And then meanwhile, cut to, you know, a few years later, it's like Justice for Sneaker Night by <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens. It's kind of a slippery slope. But my yeah. point, it, here's the thing. 2010 was when <laughs> it was like, there was this put, it was like when, and I'm not the first to say this, but it was like when pop became indie and indie became pop. It was like the cool thing to do was make pop. And then pop stars were like, actually, I'm going to make a weird indie record. Yeah. Arcade Fire had over 37 members. I mean, it was truly a full on gay men's choir up there, (laughs) each one of them playing the triangle. Oh, my God. I mean, 2010 in a nutshell is Solange bringing Beyonce to Williamsburg to see like Animal Collective play by the water, you know? Yeah. That was 2010. And that has led us to where we are. And we thought it would be, you know, the grass is always greener. You think like this is going to be really, really great. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's time for some criticism again. 2010 is when people were like, oh, I love Best Coast. Oh, my God. But you know what was good in 2010? Slay Bells. <laughs> anyway, my point is, okay, so 2010, but that's all music. I want to know what music. you because to me, there is a certain vibe in 2010, which is basically the excitement of Barack Obama being elected has, I wouldn't say died down, but it has like spread throughout the culture where now everything has possibility. Actually, everyone is Obama. <laughs> That's the, okay, founding that. pr- the founding <laughs> principle of 2010 is that anyone can be Obama. <laughs> Yeah, everything was deeply inspiring. Everything was like Katy Perry's firework, like we're saying. Yeah. And I kind of think, I mean, but that sentiment is kind of back. Okay, do you think it's back? Do you think it's back or do you think it's almost... um... Well, like a zombified version of it is back. Well, we've always said Biden era is zombified Obama era, which is already (laughs) zombified, you know, uh, Apple ad. Yeah. Here's my question for you. Okay. I have two, it's a twofold question which 2010 personalities or trends are going to make a comeback and which people that are new are well positioned to take advantage of the 2010 resurgence? Oh my God. This is literally a hard question, George. Yeah. Like, I'm like, okay, who's going to make a come? I'm like, you know, who's ready for a second wave? Who? (laughs) MIA. I've said this for so long. That's the 2010 that can like resurge in a fun way. That could like bridge the gap. I okay, agree with that. Sorry, now looking up 2010 movies. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> the romantic comedy Leap Year. Maybe that'll be that'll get a Criterion release. Um, Black Swan, Winter's I mean, Bone. Oh God, I mean there was no going back after that. Um, <laughs> Here's what I feel. Okay, here's something. Now that I've said this theory out loud and, you know, been greeted by your very thoughtful um, sort of inspection of this theory, Mm -hmm. I am a little afraid of it. I feel a little bit like, um, you know, when I was maybe in a college discussion class and I offered to say something, even though I didn't read the book and um, thought I could sort of not have any follow up questions. And, you know, I think you're very correct to interrogate me, but I, you know, didn't necessarily do all the homework I needed to make this thesis um, airtight. Right. Well, just to be clear, I'm only asking follow-up questions because I care about the argument you're making and I want it to be as strong as possible. I'm not questioning it. I'm actually 
I'm pointing out holes in order to then stuff them with cultural references. I guess I'm also, part of the feeling is also less specific where it's like, we are just far enough away from 2010 now where it feels like the past. Mm -hmm. And so it can like be re-examined in a newer way. And um, that's kind of what I'm feeling. Well, my last word on this is, this was mentioned in a previous episode, it's time for me to bring back my legalized gay American apparel t-shirt to celebrate the resurgence of 2010. The fact that you still have a legalized gay American apparel t-shirt is so iconic. Yes. I am deeply jealous. It is, um, listen, do I think we need to redo prop eight just to kind of get some excitement going? Maybe. I mean, no one has ever been as united. Yeah, the gay rights movement around 2010 was actually extremely beautiful because mm-hmm. it was so easy. It was it, like, yeah, <laughs> like, like in the sense that it was like, just a, like, it was like every like wins left and right. And right. like the little upsets Pretty were critical just like, thinking. Yes. Just like, yeah. let's do this. We're all in this together. It was like, it's like, we're all in this together. Get out of my way. Me to like a woman. <laughs> yeah. And now it's like, so now it's like okay well now we can look at gays with like an actual critical eye and with a critical gaze (laughs) there you go and it's you know the movement is um more complicated we need to start also rebooting different things i think we should reboot kind of bob dylan but have it be a woman i mean what is phoebe bridgers if not bob dylan but i just i think like bob dylan should needs to be a woman (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it would just be so much more exciting if Bob Dylan was a woman is all I'm saying. I've been rediscovering his music and I'm just like, what if this was a female vocalist? Anyway, maybe I just need to listen to Brandy Carlisle. Listen to Joni Mitchell or something. I guess that's true. Wait, should we bring in our guest and not just bring him in, but in fact, put him right in the, in the firing, in, in the center of this conversation? Yes. Because this is someone who I, I think I want his opinion on many things, but up there in the top five is his opinion on the year 2010. <laughs> so um, please welcome to the pod. Give us Stradio Lab Glamour Girl Hootie Who for Larry Owens. Hey. <laughs> Larry, let's get down to business. Let's get down to brass oh tacks. Oh my huh? gosh. 2010. Yes. So what do you think of Sam's theory? I think that, the tw- think that it is so valid because Mm -hmm. it was legitimately a decade ago (laughs) like doubters are in denial of the fact that it was actually 10 years which in the internet age is a millennia Mm because remember if we take into account how long it used to take to send a letter and now we send emails like it's actually so much time you're doing the math already (laughs) if we take that into account it's over if we take that into account actually the entire equation collapses it's been so long and it's need it's back it's needed it's needed okay so it's needed it's needed tell me of everything we mentioned what spoke to you the most of the music of of the of the films what is it to you that epitomizes 2010 well, obviously, you know what kind of you know what kind of bitch I am. So I was like, "What was happening on Broadway?" And so, right. 2010 was the year that Scarlett Johansson <gasps> won a Tony Award. No, or View from the Bridge, Arthur Miller. Oh, I and did know that. I there's no also Promises, Promises is back. 
fences mm-hmm. is happening. So it literally is this year. Like it's like a fence, like an August yeah. Wilson play. It's like we're like, oh, amazing. <laughs> it was American Idiot. We're like, oh my gosh, rock music. There's a show, Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson, which was a contemporary retelling of Andrew Jackson, which we know what that correlates to. Oh my God. Wait, now I'm looking up. Broadway is such a good lens for this. Okay, oh see, my when God, you look up cause... 2010 Broadway, it gives you the address 2010 Broadway. On- <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that Donnie and Marie had a Christmas show. It was just what we need. It's just what the doctors order. Wow. So to me, okay, this is actually, I think maybe this was 20, 2009, but to me, I also associated with like issues-driven musicals, like Next to Normal. Mm, yes, yes. Like It's like musicals are dark now. Yeah, and I think that was started by hair in 2009 Mm -hmm. so it you're exactly right the political ties that you're drawing from a repressed depressed financially nation Mm -hmm. into this epoch can't pronounce it but i can spell it e-p-o-c-h of uh, you know hope and change what was the platform both it was hope and then change hope (laughs) and change and and joe biden is like literally giving out change it's like how 1700 sound the pennies But no, you're having a much more interesting conversation about pop music, which the optimism, the theory, I just, I'm in full, like, support of all of the points laid out. And were you guys even disagreeing? Was there like a Right, I was surprised actually when Sam called me out as as disagreeing with him, because I felt like... And here's the thing, I wasn't Uh, disagreeing. I wasn't saying you were disagreeing. I was just feeling self-conscious because I was feeling a little like uh, my argument was... Um, flat and well, very I wasn't often, yeah. bringing it home in the way that I wanted to. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, very often what I'll do is I'll adopt a tone that's attack based, um, <laughs> even when I'm actually agreeing with someone. <laughs> It's it's butch. It's it's the butch. You know, it's it's if you don't put that up, speak in it, then mm. immediately I'm like, mm-hmm. whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. <laughs> but I I feel like it's actually the strongest argument, and I'm I'm ready. Like I'm like ten years ago. I want it. I want yeah. it. I mean, if I honestly like when I obviously because like I moved here to New York in like 2013, 2012. Mm -hmm. So when I like fantasize about like the like the New York City I want, it is 2000. like eight Williamsburg in a loft listening Literally. to indie rock music. Like- Which you can get now. You can get a loft. If you and like two friends like want it because the <laughs> property value is so low. Larry, you know, that's like- the key. The key thing is you and two friends can get a loft. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how they do it on the show. No, I know. I what was, the, what was the, the TV show in 2010? Was it was it Shanda? Was it Shondaland? Wait, we can just- I actually, was, I mean, Girls was, no, Girls was a little Girls later. Girls was like 2011 or 2012. <gasps> okay. Wait, let's do, t- what are TV? That's a good. The pop was good. The Broadway was was honestly a smorgasbord. Mm-hmm. They had, it was no no vision, but like a lot of stuff happening. And what was happening on TV? Okay, Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> <laughs> um, Downtown, Downtown Abbey. Downtown, downtown Abbey. Downtown Abbey. <laughs> Okay, well, and here we go. And unfortunately, I just have to say this because there's no going back. Louie. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. So oh. that also means like that was like Game of Thrones starting. Probably yeah. Game of Thrones starting, yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. Wait. 
was Breaking Bad? Was that 2010? The anti-hero. The anti-hero. Well, it was like, it was Treme. It was post- (laughs) (laughs) Treme? It was post-Sopranos. I do think it was right before peak TV. Wait, Mad Men. That was Mad Men era. Wait, let me look it up. Yeah, wait, what was this list you were reading, George? Like literally just the Google results. Okay, Mad Men was 2007. So 2010 was like when it had gotten peak. But they're like big budgets, big awards. Yes. So it really, so everyone is binge watching the first two seasons of Mad Men. Right. Breaking Bad was was changing their suits to changing the like like literally suit culture. Like, (laughs) yes. Like, and then, like, then it's right at the end of suit culture. It was like, you can still revere suit culture, but then in five years, everyone's wearing jeans to work and pretending as if there is no wealth because <laughs> it's all of, they, they have all of it directly. Well, exactly. Yeah. Well, okay, so 2010 is about pretending there is no wealth. <laughs> and also, wait, I just- Girls I need pretending to, there is no wealth. Yes, yeah, totally. My favorite. Yeah. I, there is one thing that we just have not grappled with yet. And it is that it's something we all want to forget. But 2010 was hipster culture. Yeah. 2010 was riding a unicycle in a bow tie with a handlebar mustache. Like handlebar that mustache. Had not, like that was not yet seen as, like that was seen as exciting. I'm still <laughs> processing that culture. We all are. Because that is gonna be the, like that is what the like 2010 is gonna be remembered for is yeah. like American apparel, handlebar mustaches and stuff. Yeah. It's like <laughs> literally a styles piece about people who like really love speakeasy culture and like are making their own moonshine ironically making your own it was it's the craft beer era yes pickling craft beer (laughs) that era was so weird because like people were hating on like hipsterdom but Mm -hmm. also it was like this is also how everyone dresses it just like depends on the like the level at which you are dressing right (laughs) (laughs) jeans so skinny I mean, you could, they would all, they push you up like a toothpaste uh, container. <laughs> oh my God. I had the tiniest little jeans and I would wear like giant, stupid tennis shoes. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I had like red high tops or something. Ooh, like, oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. A skinny jean into a high top. I also did that. For me, it was a woman's jegging, but it was clinging to the body, honey. It was <laughs> denim fabric, no pocket. There's never a pocket on a woman's plus jegging. No. Um, sometimes the Forever 21, you things. can really get it, but like not really. And yeah, into a high top, just so yeah, a blue and white high a top. Jegging into, maybe an acid wash jegging into a high top. Even. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was a little more on the preppy side. So oh, really just like a dark blue wash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, but, but definitely a circle scarf. <laughs> circle scarf. Circle scarf, hipster, it's hipster adjacent, you know? So it's, again, it's what you love. Everyone was dressing like that. It was yes. just, are you wearing a circle scarf with the handlebar mustache with one of the. <laughs> I don't need oh the glasses the the Hornman glasses yes 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 Yes. the glasses pomade in the hair pomade Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in the hair (laughs) George I mean I I, you're telling you mentioned that you had the legalized gay shirt how how would you describe your 2010 style oh I I mean it was really confused (laughs) um peak peak body dysmorphia for me First year of living in California, uh, first year after coming out, 
it was not, it was like, I wasn't sure. It was a mix of like American apparel, um, attempting to thrift things, but not knowing like what my outlook should be when I entered the store. So I would end up purchasing like a gap button down. Classic. Um, <laughs> Classic thrift find. And you're just like, well, actually it's just cheaper. Yeah. yeah like, this is the same thing, but cheaper. And, um, I, and always like wanting things that were, I would, I'd be like, I want a peacoat. That seems like an adult thing to have. But then I would go and get one at like the clearance bin at Macy's. So it would not be a nice peacoat. And because I was um, insecure about my body, I would get one that was like a weird length because I was like, this hides most of my body. <laughs> also, like I had a peacoat that had a built in thing that looked like part of a sweater inside. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the like, like the lapels. Lapels also had like a collar that made it look like I was also wearing a jacket. I know exactly like a, what you're talking oh, about. Oh yeah, like, we know that code. Yeah. They still make those. They, they yeah. still make everything from that. That's why I can come back so easily. I think it could have even be, be the beginning of um, Chelsea Boot. I think it could have been Ooh, the- Ooh, yeah. But then I know it's not like fully out until later. Are they more, pre- are those just like 2010s prevalent? They were- they were born in in twenty like like I feel like that's when like <laughs> do we Tumblr... know anything about this? Oh no, yeah, we, exactly. Are... Tumblr, yeah, Tumblr about, Tumblr about being fashion. ahead of shit because like yeah. the kids and like the fashion people are like the internet is speaking a language that like it doesn't trickle down to fast fashion until mm-hmm. the mid and then of course they're in now in twenty twenty you can wear a Chelsea boot in Ohio and not get you know called a <laughs> fa blank mm-hmm. you know what I mean but like. In 2010, it was it was peak fancy. It came fast casual around 15, and then in 20, you can buy it at the at the JC Penny. Um, okay, I just I'm sorry to keep looking things up because I know it's cheating. I'm gonna do a very quick read of 50 pop culture moments in 2010. <laughs> 50. <laughs> you can stop me whenever you want. Yeah. I'm literally it's gonna be so quick. Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Katy Perry, California Girl, Sex in the City 2 movie. Uh, like a G6. Um, 127 Hours starring James Franco. Oh my Leap God. Year, the romantic comedy. Uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Oh, Drake's iconic. Thank Me Later album. Iconic. The Twilight Saga Eclipse. <gasps> Facebook hits Move your book. 500 <laughs> million users. Um, uh, John Krasinski and Emily Blunt get married. Justin Bieber releases Baby. Uh, <gasps> Uh, Simon Cowell leaves Idol. Oh um, my God! Master Chef, Eminem featuring Rihanna. Love the way you lie. <laughs> Woo! Okay, that's enough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wow. mean, Wait, it's going down in that year. Mm-hmm. And it's coming back, so we get to celebrate that because it's going to be back. Okay. Well, great. This is my working theory. I'm still working on it. Yeah. And thank you for helping me work on it and larry thank you for coming in and immediately being on board (laughs) i i i to this moment love it i hope that the um the the people are also just like they're having their own moments and like yes and then i was wearing that is it's because you'll be able to wear that (laughs) this summer (laughs) it's true although i do i do hope i mean I, I don't think skinny jeans are coming back anytime soon. 
No, that's going to be a second, which yeah, I know we love the wide. We're doing the widest. Actually, we're, we're actually more into flair and bell bottom. It's so anything. wide. Larry, do you do a wide leg? I do. I do. A sh- I, I do a straight leg. So non-skinny. You know, mm-hmm. I was skinny straight. And then there's like boot and stuff like it. I stop it. It's just a straight pant, but it is oversized. So mm. it's wider than, you know, so it's an oversized pant. Okay. Yeah, it's, you know, pants and, you know, I talked about the woman's plus thing earlier. Pants, just, it's so, it's such a thing. It's like, they literally just make fashion so hard for certain people of size and including, hey, if you have short legs, like it's hard for you to like, pants are so much harder than like throwing on a sweater, like, you know, finding cute tops and, you know, whatever. Like I'm not in dress culture, but like, I'm sure that like that even is sort of like a one-stop shop, but like, pants as pants a proportion it's not what we're talking about but poptimism <laughs> poptimism is just it's what you said about the like crap so yeah so out poptimism was good because it's like look at the genius of mariah but then because it's so producer based yeah it like it made it so easy it drew that pipeline directly to selena and i was like i was so mad to have these women in the same breath right but under the umbrella of pop and only in that way yeah <laughs> like yeah do they exist in like any sort of just relationship <laughs> yeah. yeah i've been trying to examine my like what it takes for me to like fully dive into like a pop girl like what is the tipping point for me because (laughs) (laughs) like there's so many that i'm like okay your hits only and then there's some where i'm like i'm gonna listen to the entire album yes and i don't know who's in hits only a hits only like a tovlo is like Mm -hmm. a like i i won't ever dive in like Tovlo is honestly good. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. I'm like wondering if the tipping point is coming and I'm going to yeah. be like beating myself up. And for then not who having... do you every track? Who are you like? I'll listen to every track of hers no matter what. No one's heard of it. But I listen to the album Pop Girl. Uh, I mean, like, I wish it were more in- like a maybe they just had to have been around in 2010. <laughs> like, yeah. if, like I mean, Kate, it's whenever Katy Perry drops it, like, like I love Gaga. Obviously, I listen to all of Gaga. But like, yeah. when Katy Perry drops something, I'll listen to all of that. It's because it's the loyalty. It's not even about it's past the music. Is that what you're saying? There's like a tipping so. point where you champion the, 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 the pop person. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, yeah, because I support you. I do that. I vote with my time a lot. I will watch, I will literally queue up the old Xfinity. They're not paying me, but I'll queue up the Xfinity and I'll I'll Chromecast it to the TV. They're not paying me either. But I would, I would, I'll do that and I'll watch a lot of stuff to get my Nielsen's for my for whatever demographic I <laughs> oh, want. Oh, another shout see. out, Nielsen. I was like, they're not paying me either. But um, yeah, so I get it. Just like there are people that I love who I'm interested in no matter, no matter what. I think that's beautiful and queer maybe even. <laughs> I mean, listening to Katy Perry, is there anything more queer than that? Is there more <laughs> Talking of queer? Katy Perry at this juncture of <laughs> life be, is I mean. one of the queerest acts you can literally do. <laughs> to say I, you are still all in on Katy Perry after the last two album cycles could not guess- be me. But it's not, I mean, when I say all in, I don't mean I'm all in support. I just right. feel like I'm all in and needing to educate myself. You will always work. need to do the work. <laughs> to do the work, yeah. 
<laughs> you're, you're seeing what she's doing. You're seeing where she's going. You're... I, I treat Katy Perry like someone I went to high school with. And like, yes, just... that's it. That's it. <laughs> if, you, if, if it feels like you could have gone to high school with the person, you're all in. You know what to me was such a betrayal and when it comes to op- optimism, I thought the perfect, the best way optimism could have gone was Rihanna's career. And oh, then yeah. she just stopped releasing music. And I was Good like, girl, it, it, you know, I mean, it's like to go from, I mean, it's she perfectly, and I'm sure it's because she worked with the right people, but it's also because she herself has taste. She, it, she, every era, every year up until 2016, you could track with Rihanna's music. And then it just completely stopped. And she left it to the lesser people to um, continue her legacy. It makes me scared that she stopped. It, it, me too. It actually Good does girl. make me scared. It's very Tyra Banks saying, who's scared? I'm scared. That's me with <laughs> yeah. Rihanna stopping producing music. Larry, why I do you say full, good girl? I, it is just, it is just, she gave us. Yeah. She gave us when we could appreciate it. Yes. And she, and she doesn't have to. She doesn't have mm-hmm. to put herself smack dab in the middle of y'all. The only time she hears from, not y'all, I mean y'all. No, 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 accept. I, as if I am Rihanna, y'all. Like she, the only time she hears from y'all is when she gives you panty lipstick yeah. and wears an outfit to the store. And that's, that is the perfect relationship to have yeah. with the entire world who feels as if they own you. And when you think about the fact that she literally would release an album every six months, as many as some <laughs> divas have in their entire career, she would do one every six months. It would go number one. We would, <laughs> she would, she toured. We like everyone has seen her who needs yeah. to. And then for this, you know, this cons- overconsumption generation who can never be pleased, who, who eat TikTok like Tic Tacs. She's oh, legend. Pop. Oh, they eat TikTok like Tic Tacs. I love Honey, that. just pop them down and shake the shake the bottle. Rattle, rattle, rattle. You remember <laughs> that? You remember that automatopia that rattle, 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 honey, sitting in church with them orange Tic Tacs? Okay, bitch, that's how he is with these TikToks. You go rattle, rattle, rattle. <laughs> it's not going to be a meal. You eat you eat the whole box of, that's what they used to do for weight loss. You just eat a whole box of Tic Tacs. Tic Tacs. It's not going to be a meal. It's Larry, not gonna this go is insane. Go 15 minutes set us a TikTok, okay? <laughs> so y'all can have fun. Oh my God. God, and a, a real a powerful message from Larry to the generation who eats TikToks like Tic Tacs. Rattle, rattle, <laughs> rattle. <laughs> who does not remember that? Rattle, rattle, rattle. I mean, Gen Z is over after that. <laughs> Found dead in a ditch. And that's why Rihanna will never give you an album. Ones. Green ones, which which TikTok? I was, I, I think I liked the green. Never TikTok people. Oh, you know what? No, there was green, but then there was also light green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I'm thinking of. Light green, a kind of a, uh, yes, a, a, a mint color. I wait. I wanted to ask. Oh, wait. Okay, I want to plug one thing, which is I want everyone to go to your computer, go on YouTube.com and search <laughs> Rihanna's most emotional performance of love on the brain (laughs) and then click the first result that comes up because it is something that needs to be out there oh that's what it's titled good um and she did that no one cared and then she left forever (laughs) (laughs) and we care we care so hard we care we absolutely care 
Um, let's Wait. do. Oh, the you panties go. are good. I was just just I keep no one's paying me, but um, but the <laughs> are panties the panties are, good? I've heard the I, makeup is good. I mean the the girlies the girlies who I see in the in the panties. Mm-hmm. They they look good in the panties, right? Sydney Washington, Sydney just I so during pandemic, mm-hmm. she was like I don't know how to be flirty not in person, and I was like, right. well, baby, you gotta you gotta take pics and you gotta send the pic over because yeah. that's that is action at this point. Like you gotta mm-hmm. take a pic, you know, Other, otherwise they can't see you or like feel your essence. And she was like, she she was like, I have lingerie, and it was when I tell you. It was a black utilitarian bra. <laughs> I do not, Sydney. Yes, I mean, and then and then she said, "I have this one," and it was literally the same bra, but with like a little bit of cheetah print. And I said, "At at," <laughs> and then like literally like a gay assistant that a role I've never played on TV, but you know, I they, they fill up me inbox like a gay assistant. You know, I sent her over to Robin Fenty, and and then I get these. Now she's addicted, so I get wow. fashion shows. Like I literally like like Stradio Lab, like I literally just get to see the most gorgeous woman and try out lingerie. I love, I mean, to have the confidence, and I think it is deserved on your part to have the confidence to look at Sydney Washington and tell her, I'll tell you how to be sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Someone who could literally wear a Greek column around, like in Hercules when that one guy was wearing a Greek column that was tied to his shoulders. It only works because she's LGBTQs. Like yes. it, she's a lesbian. So like it works like, cause she, she wants, like I actually don't do that. Like mm-hmm. when girls want the experience, the, the um, gay friend experience, right. I repel. And I like do not fulfill, but yes. she's lesbiana. Mm-hmm. And so it, I don't know, it just, it affects the dynamic. So I'm like, okay, do this, do that. And <laughs> now she is the hottest girlfriend. Like her girlfriend is literally, the, I was, I was watching her girlfriend on TV and I was like, I'm obsessed with this person. She <laughs> and now, did, yeah. she, now she dates that person and I'm so mad under my tutelage, under my hitch. I'm Wait, pissed. is it an actress? Yes, yes. Ooh. I just go on that. Instagram, honey. I, I I'm doing like why am I selling? Okay, other okay, okay. We'll, we'll we'll look into who. <laughs> She's not Washington. paying me. And I know because I remember there was a girlfriend reveal at one point, um, and then and then they went right back into the closet. But I do interesting. Um, what if it was um, uh, Lily Collins? <laughs> <laughs> Lily Collins. The I reveal would do, is that would, Sydney's dating Lily Collins. Oh, 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 okay. I, I was like, would you hitch Lily Collins? I was like, I would not hitch Lily Collins. I no. would be like, I would hitch Phil Collins. I would be like, okay, do this, do that. Do yeah, this, no, he that. could use some help. Yeah, what's your number one tip for Phil Collins? <laughs> Phil, I feel like I would just say, uh, don't be afraid to be yourself. Mm. I would say when you when you when you want to send that text and you feel like it's the craziest thing, just just send it off. And the person is actually going to be like, wow, this is really sweet. Should we do our first segment? George? We should. I do. I just very quickly want to say, I think what you said, Larry, about channeling the gay best friend energy towards queer women rather than straight women is actually a very powerful thing that I have noticed happening more and more. With yourself, with with myself, and with other gay men, is it's almost a reaction to um, the role you played in high school to be like now I'm gonna now I'm gonna objectify myself for the sake of uh, women in my own community. 
<laughs> which is giving at the end it of the day. It's giving. I mean, that's the thing. It, it used to be such a stereotype during like the Will and Grace era that gay men and lesbians don't get along. And mm -hmm. I think it's very, very interesting that we are now finally in alliance. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what changed. I think it's actually erasure. I think it's easier to have divisiveness within community because exactly. as we know, during plague years of the 80s, like that's actually who was there a lot of the time. Exactly. They cared to, yes. So we haven't seen that um, um, Oscar bait film yet, but mm -hmm. uh, who would you cast as like the lesbian at the center? And you should cast within community, but knowing it's Hollywood, just say who would win. So it's, it's the real casting of like the lesbian right. bed nurse. Yes. That's the title of the film. And then there's the the LGBTQ alphabet casting. And mm -hmm. then there is the Hollywood machine casting. Okay. Okay. I want it to be like the Oscar winning turn for <laughs> to be the lesbian nurse. We get Wanda Sykes. Who's oh about my to God! Wanda Sykes. <laughs> Wait, what? I was about to say Wanda Sykes. No, you weren't. I literally, my joke was going to be that it should be Wanda Sykes and Sandra Bernhard, but playing themselves and being mean to all the gays. And you're like, <laughs> get out of here. I was thinking it would be so fun to have like really cool casting of Wanda Sykes and then yeah. really um, horrible casting. And maybe they get like Tom Holland to play like the gay man. Oh, like, my, God. Oh, no. oh my God. I think that would be so funny. Oh, wait. So Wanda you're Sykes. saying you want a Wanda Tom Sykes Holland. performance that's like uh, kind of, you know, M Mariah Carey and um, Monique and Precious type exactly. thing. Like it's a stripped down, non-comedic yes. Wanda. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, I actually love that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Oscar bait, tragic porn. And of course, the Hollywood <laughs> casting is literally Emma Stone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh. gosh. They have so many nominations, those little white girls. They have so, they like Jennifer Lawrence has so many more Oscar nominations than Viola Davis. It's actually funny. Like, it literally, it's like. <laughs> Like, it's just a joke with no punchline, needs no writing. It's my favorite thing in the world to think about. Like, okay, we have two women sitting in the, sitting in a room. <laughs> we'll like, we'll call one like a better actress. Who, who could it be? <laughs> I wonder. Huh. Yeah. You know, you shoot an arrow real high, an arrow goes real high, and, hooray for hooray you. For you. <laughs> hooray for you. And I have to say, Emma Stone has shot a lot of arrows and they've gone high. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right mm -hmm. with you, honey. Um, um, we should do our seg. We should. We should. Um, I I wanted to come up with a title for the movie, but but I'll keep thinking on it. The oh, bed nurse. Bed nurse. <laughs> the bed nurse. Sorry, Wanda Sykes. <laughs> Larry, our first segment is called Straight Shooters, and in this segment, we gauge your familiarity with and complicity in straight culture by just shooting at you a series of rapid fire. Um, questions where you choose one thing or the other thing and you can interpret it whichever way you want but the one rule is you can't ask any follow-up questions because if you do we will yell at you <laughs> Sam take it away okay Larry first cow save the last dance or Malcolm in the middle Malcolm LL <laughs> Bean or LL Cool J I knew it was going to be Cool J, Cool J. <laughs> Speaker box, Coldplay's Clocks, or songs from Vox Lux? It's Clocks. 
The Russian from Sex and the City or President Vladimir Putin? It's a tie final answer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Sarah Michelle Gellar or the magical duo Penn and Teller? It's got to be Gellar. (laughs) Autofiction or autoerotic asphyxiation? I knew it. It's going to be... it's going to be autofiction. Mm-hmm. Of course. Okay. Top shaming, bottom bullying, or radical verse acceptance? <laughs> Top shaming. <laughs> and finally, Larry, Nancy Myers, Nancy Pelosi, or Nancy used as a gay slur? Nancy Botwin. Oh, and that is the correct answer. <laughs> Weeds 2010 show. we're back baby we are back baby who who aired weeds showtime showtime yeah yeah the best network for women powered vehicles that don't do well weeds did well right weeds did well but it was on for like a million years showtime is like the (laughs) showtime is like the network that tried to finally give kirsten dunst a show and then it canceled it after one season oh Oh, sure sure the great gods of southern california yeah yes the great gods of southern california (laughs) on being a god i'm becoming a god in central florida in southern california in southern california (laughs) you're much like ours what was what was uh channel orange what year was that that? was like 20 12 or 13 that was maybe 13 hills. yeah on the hills of change okay. and i'll yeah. say this i i i do think ultimately 2020 the more we talk about the pop cultural things that happened i'm like it was actually not a good year <laughs> it was like 2013 point. was like a better year than 2010 it was a turning point which is i think point. what matches and i think yes you're was right, you're more right. of the original thesis was like yeah this is the impetus for what we will we know that it's not going to be we know right. that 2020 is not going to log the year that everything was good, mm-hmm. but it'll be the start. It's it's going to be those those real there's there's you know okay. yeah okay well I think so I'm resold <laughs> I'm glad I'm and the good comes with the bad absolutely I'm like I'm not sure what you mean but I'm I just say mean yes. like not everything is going to be good just like not everything in 2010 or 2013 was good that's true there's always going to be flops. Mm-hmm. Flop Central, um, Flop City. Well, I was thinking yeah. potentially we could get into our topic. I agree. Which, um, you know, we do this podcast differently every single time. Sometimes we'll, you know, talk about the topic before. Sometimes, you know, we're on, we're getting surprised and told right on the podcast. And Larry, you know, being someone who knows us well, you said, you know, I trust you guys can handle this in the moment. Let's do it live. I, I want to see the looks on your faces. Um, so Larry, I would love if you could present us in whatever way you would like with your topic. Um, my topic is bad acting. I feel like bad <laughs> acting is straight culture. I think that uh, I think that if we've ever seen a bad performance by a non-straight person, it is the influence of a straight person making them bad. I don't think that a woman or a queer person can inherent can inherently embody feeling and be bad. It is the construct of the director, the eye of the DP, the 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 bulking of the financiers that make things bad acting wise and so Mm -hmm. 
I don't have any examples to name, but I'm sure that you can ruminate on performances that we can pick apart and always at the root, there will be- There is a straight. Straight. Straight root. And just to clarify, for the sake of this argument, women count as queer. Yes. Yes, and women, and and women. Straight, it's straight. Oh, because women can be straight. I forget yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it, it, theoretically, but exactly, but, but in conventional accepted parlance, and especially in Hollywood, all women kiss. Yes, yeah, <laughs> which is queer. Which is queer, and yeah. all women are wounded, which is queer. <laughs> which, <laughs> which they stole from us. <laughs> so, to me, a stra- bad acting from a straight person. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Rami Malek. <laughs> I'm thinking wow. Jared Leto. I am thinking, hmm, Scarlett Johansson. (laughs) I think that she falls under straight, yeah. 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 In Hollywood, the only straight woman is Scarlett Johansson. (laughs) (laughs) Pure. I think this is a very funny theory because I, there is also the flip side, but okay, I'm going to say two things. I feel like, um, I feel like when you see a gay person act badly, mm-hmm. like it breaks your heart because it's like you have all the tools. And and I think the reason that they are doing bad acting is internalized homophobia. The contorted mind. Yes, the mm-hmm. contorted mind towards straightness. Yeah. A thousand percent. I mean, Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, my God. Uh, and and can we talk about it? I mean, you must talk about internalized homophobia. His his relationship to his homosexuality has always been very confusing. Yeah, and Nick, you can see it. <laughs> <laughs> Starting from Doogie Hauser. I mean, yeah. I mean, he was a conversion therapist in that show. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I yes no Sam go ahead you had one more point. Uh, no, mostly it was like gays can be bad at acting, but point two, the cause of that is the and also the it'll, be, it'll yeah. be bad, but like there will be so much conversation to be had. Like, like it would like you'll still. First of all, it's gonna be done with spirit. <laughs> like it literally will never be bland. F- as if that's actually what we want. Like when gay people go bland, it's literally survival. Right. <laughs> and then when we're left to our own devices, yeah, we go off. But like life, if we're going to interpret it on a fake scale is crazy. So like life actually is crazy. Mm-hmm. We pretend that like we aren't literally a flesh wound walking through the life, like cut, from, ripped from our mother, like n- never knowing our fathers really, even if they live in the same house. Like this is actually who we are. Like there's like, mass disease in the street like it's like record unemployment like a a, such a nasty government these are what we call high stakes and then we step into the world of the imagination and we're we're expected to comport and contort ourselves to this rigid acceptability that Mm -hmm. was made by like literally louis b mayer (laughs) like like literally (laughs) (laughs) so it's like the deadest oldest people like you can imagine (laughs) but it is exactly what you're saying is that that half of the population is attempting to (laughs) is is attempting to come to terms with the fact that they came from their mother and don't know the father and then the other half is just (laughs) fathers trying to be actors how dare you be a father and also want to act it's so dumb you don't (laughs) try relating to your child first start there (laughs) 
sir. Hard S, sir. Hard R, sir. Yeah, I say sir with the hard R. <laughs> sir. Start there. So, so Larry, what do you think is the quintessential straight performance? I think, um, I think, I think that the straightest performances that people try to emulate mm. actually like come from like queer people. Like we know that Brando was dipping it and doing yeah. it. Like we know that everyone in old Hollywood was dipping it and doing it. And so the, like they were acting something that then in the hands of the wrong people following like the demise of the acting studio system in like the late 70s when we stopped really having acting schools and then you learned acting from a college or university gag disgusting <laughs> who is on who is the who is our tenured professors at colleges and universities straight people telling <laughs> young people how to act it's insane it's so gross and this is just this is the the cumulative damage imagine of, someone with tenure teaching you how to act it is actually <laughs> like like it, it's i just i i ugh, i'm stu- i'm stammering mm. No, I think you're actually, I'm I'm having a difficult time keeping up almost because every breath is a good point. (laughs) I'm incensed. So to me, what comes to mind as a quintessential straight performance is actually maybe even a good performance, but it is still a quintessential straight performance. I am thinking- Tom Hanks for his gum. I was going to say Al Pacino's scent of a woman. (laughs) Whoa. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Pacino. Right? Like Al Pacino in scent of a woman is what- is what straight people acting is. Yeah, but archetype. it is a, it is a good. It's tough because I don't want to. I mean, it is good. He's a good actor. Yeah, because he's like, he. It, it's it's queer. It's the beginning of it. It by yeah. being original, by being Al Pacino and yeah. the original, not the carbon copy. It's right. queer. Okay, fine. Al Pacino. It's on the queer, queer side of straight by being the first. So Al Pacino is ours. Scarlett Johansson. We traded Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, like things that get copied then become straight. Okay. And now Forrest Gump, tell me more there. Do you, what do you think about that performance? I don't know. I was just thinking of straight guys I like. And I, I was like, it's like Tom is a good guy. Yeah, yeah. And I like Rita. So I was just like, I no, just wanted to love, give one, you know. We, we love Rita. <laughs> yeah. We love Rita. We love Rita. <laughs> He's, <laughs> And honestly, yeah, Chet is top of mind. White Boy Summer. That's that. We'll keep performance. that out of the lab because yeah. that was fun. That yeah. was fun for me. That video that actually brings up a good point mm-hmm. that, you know, a lot of our street topics, I feel like get to, and that is that Hollywood is so based in who your parents are. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so that is also why bad acting is straight because it is the nuclear family. It is. <laughs> It is it, the nuclear it is nepotism. Family. It is the nuclear family. <laughs> well, what are you doing when acting, if not kind of, um, interpret it, it, it basically projecting your relationship with your parents onto the rest of the world. So if that's a healthy relationship, you get Emily in Paris. Yeah, but like, but like, we're joking, but this actually it gets really deep for me because like that is true. Like the people evaluating, so the casting directors are working for the people at the top who like get to embody or encourage to from like forever to embody this ideal. Mm-hmm. from like the mid 20th century, the nuclear family American dream thing. 
And then so anything that's passing through the system, even if it's in opposition to that, even if it's a story not about that, yeah. that must then encapsulate the things that oppositely mirror that nuclear experience. And then off what Sam was saying is that, yeah, it takes straight people to make babies. And so if those babies and get jobs in Hollywood, it's straight and it's gross. So yeah, <laughs> a smart point. <laughs> you know, I mean, one. when thinking about procreating, you should ask yourself, what if this child goes into acting? <laughs> what if this child is child's it worth an actor? It? <laughs> For me, if I have ever kid, they are an actor until like, proven not sure sure and it's like that's are you okay. you really want to do soccer okay let's <laughs> see it there's also something like i don't know how to fully say this there's something like evil about the straight man actor because they like right. know that like uh, that's like a very gay space yes that <laughs> and is so huge. they get like obsessed over by like both the women and the gay men in the scene and they kind of get to do like very little and be adored by their microcosm of power we all know the story of the jock who auditioned for the play and is playing fucking danny zuko (laughs) and fucking harold hill when the doughy faggot has been loyally genuflecting at the altar of both stagecraft and stage shop imagine passed over the nerve of being a straight man and and wanting to pretend like (laughs) <laughs> you don't have to <laughs> that's literally thesis that is it that leave is us this space and leave us this space you are now controlling the space of imagination you colonize imagination <laughs> it's colonized imagination in the craziest sense i like literally like again it's all jokes and stuff but i as i sit here in my quarantine and think of a future on film and how I see myself when I look in the mirror mm-hmm. and then ver- how I'm evaluating from experience, how an audience sees me through that same glass. There's so much left out. I'm like, I'm literally leaving parts of myself out that are complex yeah, so that I can fit, which is okay i'm happy to compromise towards my dreams but it hurts like what if what if Mm -hmm. i could just play a a, a, like anything as myself without thought of that paradigm yeah and it's like for you to leave out pieces of yourself while then jared leto not only doesn't have to leave out parts of himself, but actually there's so much emptiness there that he has to steal parts from other people. Make up. It's like Jared Leto's actually kind of merely a skeleton and he's stealing flesh from other people in order to make himself into a full human being in order to then become a Frankenstein monster and give a performance and then get an Oscar. It's crazy. I literally need no inspiration. I, I felt it. <laughs> Trust. I can I can, I I felt it. We could get there and be pop pop, you know. Yeah. <sighs> Meanwhile, like you said earlier, it's like the amount of gay assistant roles 
we must talk about the amount of gay assistant roles. It's kind of all we talk about. <laughs> we talk about. We've mentioned it many times, but it is actually crazy. Where it's like mentioned so much, and it's like, what is this world? Like, I like, get you. You don't have an agenda to like mention it in the minutes. It comes up in conversation yeah. because it is the colonized space of imagination. I can only imagine a gay person picking after me, attending to me. Sure being secondary to me it's like but and then we then we have it we don't say that we don't have it mm -mm. you know what i mean but we have it on our roster it's here the yeah. box is checked but it is a, it's a, the box is checked and, and we're st standing inside of it i can't get these roles because to be a gay assistant to a non-queer person i was about to say you have to be insubordinate you, you have to read as insubordinate to the main, because remember, she's. The, it doesn't matter what the scene is, even if it's a scene where the gay assistant has a little bit of a status, you know, for a second because of some crazy thing they're lording over their boss because she's inept. inept, inept sorry. Mm -hmm. So like, even if you play that one scene like that, when they see that you have agency. Exactly. <laughs> the only human. way you can do it is if you actually do voiceover and Troy Savan is the one playing the, the gay assistant. Literally. Yeah. Troy, Troy is, is, I is, oh my God. Just a beautiful factory made person in the, in the best way. I feel like, <laughs> yes. he, I feel like is he, they are sweet. Yeah. Yeah. No, Troy, Troy, that factory, you know, has since shut down after they, um, uh, did not negotiate their union contract. <laughs> oh my God. So <laughs> I do think though, what you're saying is I think to go back to the Sydney thing and to go back to gay men as paying a debt, a generation late becoming caretakers to queer women. I do think everyone should unionize and only play gay assistants if they are assistants to lesbians. Yeah, mm, there we go. And we solved it. <laughs> <laughs> just like that science sealed delivered oh, dust hands off god what, a, what a back. rich episode it really what? was it's a rich episode larry i'm just i it truly the density of your words i mean it's it's so much it's like it's just not a thing and um i appreciate everyone just like smiling and nodding and going along with no. the uh string of pearls of no. non sequiturs no, but they no, were no. non sequiturs i think everything was very well conceptualized and if i was smiling and nodding it was because i wanted to hear more rather than um but in as i am doing now yeah. No, when I think about it, like, I really thought that it was a funny thing. I thought that we could, like, poke fun at all, like, <laughs> and not, not really poke fun at straightness, but then it, we could turn and sort of, like, revere mm. when women are great. Mm. And, if, and oftentimes, like in interview, they'll be like, I was left alone. I had a great director. And then when our faves, our girlies, because we're we have the what is it? The high school friend mentality where we're like, <laughs> yeah. you know, or high school teacher. She's my English teacher. We love the other generation of um, actress. But then when they're bad, sometimes it comes out that they were having a fucking horrible time. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, that it's directly related to that influence. So I, I thought it could be light and, and chipper as well. But you're so right. Because, and then those women get punished for that bad director because we turn on them. Oh, oh, meme them down. Don't you slip, uh. honey. <laughs> Don't you slip. Because you'll, I mean, everyone thinks it's like everyone, it used to be like, 
oh, I made four pictures last year. One of them was a gross flop, but then, you know, it, the next one comes out and it's it's Easter Parade. <laughs> Fake film, maybe real film. Uh, and so like, it's just over. But now, honey, don't you dare do something funny in that script because you're the meme down. The, the nerve, okay, the nerve of making fun of Nicole Kidman's wigs I was just, I was going to mention Nicole Kidman's wigs. The nerve to be a 23-year-old barista and be posting my feel when I'm Nicole Kidman's wig. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is a side quest, but yeah, we've talked about it before, but like the gay Twitter factory is actually has unionized and is running very smoothly and producing some real crap it -hmm. is crazy how many resources they are wasting and polluting the air it's an environmental disaster (laughs) it's 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 a human rights disaster for many angles yeah you thought oat milk was bad (laughs) <laughs> wait to hear about almond milk uh, please <laughs> you know it takes a gallon per, per seed uh, per, per nut it takes a gallon per nut and we really want uh that to be the front facing uh face of almond milks right well gay twitter is the almond milk of intellectual discourse <laughs> <laughs> it truly pains me um i get like of all like how did trump get xtube and not twitter like i'm like so like i'm so mad like take that away like take it away like no i we love freedom of speech Mm -hmm. but then i think that everyone can you know take their journalism over to (laughs) where they have fact checkers like there was i don't know i don't know i don't know i i appreciate i appreciate what do i appreciate about twitter i appreciate (laughs) Um, you can it's actually beautiful that you can't think of what you appreciate about Twitter and I think yeah, accurate. <laughs> it's so wide actually yeah, like, it's like yeah. innumerable right innumerable. I mean it's given us so much who could it's, it's just it's, so it's exhausting for me just because like an award show happens and then it's it's just great it is exhausting to watch yeah the cycle just yeah. like the what is it now it's what is it 48 hours 72 hours like something can an event can trend yeah. you know and then the tyranny it, of the trending topic the tyranny of the trending topic and i found myself as i was on it more phrasing my words to punch through the algorithm mm. which larry that's thinking like a computer step away han <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Step away, Han. We actually don't. I actually would. I, I don't want to sound like everybody else. That was the fun mm-hmm. of being in chorus. You know, as a kid, was like everyone's voice is different. Like you know, like maybe minus two. Like, like don't. I have to homogenize when I go onto the camera and simplify and and reach far. You know what I mean for the good of the republic. But I don't have to do that with my words in my you brain. You do not. Han. You literally like, don't have to do it for, with the free with what you give for free to Jack Dorsey. (laughs) You can actually have some personality there. (laughs) You can have some flair. It's it's been fun. It's been fun to think things and just like save them for myself. Mm. You know, knowing and you know being really hopeful. Uh, you know, for just like when those thoughts can mature and like share them with people. And if I honestly, 
if it's you and you're and you hit it and you are crushing Twitter and your mental health is good, like I laugh at your stuff. I like and I retweet it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, I mean, if you shoot an arrow and it goes real high. Hooray for you, honey. <laughs> That's a retweet right for me. <laughs> I'll, I'll be right Hooray for me. No, no, the memes were good. Yesterday was a good set of memes. It was the, it was the, it was Ola. The Zola mm, meme. Mm-hmm, yeah. I liked that one because yeah, no, that was good. Because no one has to write. You just put two pictures up and then I can just yes. blink. That one it's was always very nice. accessible. It's always nice when the, <laughs> the joke is literally, here's a film. <laughs> <laughs> but it's bringing us back to vaudeville. It's bringing exactly. us back to vaudeville, which is what we need. Y'all said it's 2010. I say that it's 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 actually um, 1940. 1940. We're coming out of the Depression and vaudeville is going to give way to burlesque. So it's going to go silly to sexy mm-hmm. and then to the birth of the American musical theater. Right. Um, well, it's cabaret, but not the last scene. <laughs> oh, 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 my God. Yeah. Uh, oh, my um, God. Sam, should we? I think we should segment? do our final segment. Okay. Uh, um, Larry, our final segment is shout outs. Uh, in the grand tradition of straight culture, we give a radio shout out to something we enjoy sort of in the style of it's 2001 and you're in Times Square at TRL shouting out to your squad back home. Um, and uh, George, do you have one? Yeah, I can go. I can go. This is okay. in honor of Larry's topic too. I, I, I thought of it as we were talking. Okay. What's up listeners? I want to give a quick and sexy shout out to Carrie Coon's performance in The Nest. Now, The Nest is a film I have not watched, but I have heard so much about Carrie Coon's performance that the things I am imagining, you could not believe. I am hoping that I, in fact, go to sleep and dream of The Nest and my subconscious makes it up for me just like it did for the film, um, what was it called? Portrait of a Woman? Pieces of a Woman. I had a dream where I watched the entirety of Pieces of a Woman and my subconscious made it up and it was honestly pretty good. I hope that it does the same for the Nest, that character's performance is even better than the actual movie. Um, And I think she was snubbed for an Oscar despite the fact that I've never seen it. Go Carrie Coon, woo! Okay, I have one that's also semi-related to our conversation. Um, What's up listeners? I wanna give a huge shout out to Tweets that make no sense to me. When I see a tweet that is absolutely full of words that I cannot comprehend, I celebrate that because I say, wow, turns out I have my own life in a beautiful way where this topic that everyone's pissed about for the next four hours has nothing to do with me and doesn't affect me. I can either research it and figure out what it all means, or I can just say, oh heck, who cares? It's not about something I care about. It's probably about something stupid. Fuck all that stuff. There's so much stuff that everyone's always talking about. And when I don't know it, I feel blessed. Love you tweets I don't understand. Woo! Okay, Larry, whenever you are ready. Okay, hey, what's up, everybody out there? My name's Larry Owens, but I want to give a huge shout out to Is Suburbia. I know, I gave you so much flack for the big city with all of my dreams of all those venues and stages and friends and parties. And guess what? None of that's happening, so I have fled to you, Suburbia. I am loving your empty streets, your parks. I'm loving your accessibility. I'm loving the strip malls. I'm loving being remote. I thank you. I celebrate you. Thank you for being here when I needed you most. And I'm so, so sorry that I talked so much shit about you to be in an overpriced shoebox of a hellhole that's only fun because I'm doing other stuff. Woo! God, I you love know, this. I love the suburban Larry era. I love Obsessed, uh, yeah. honey. suburban era incoming. I mean, 2010 is back, the suburbs by Arcade yeah, Fire. Yeah, by Arcade Fire. <laughs> <laughs> 
And also, I just want to say Chipotle tastes 10 times better mm-hmm. in a suburb. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> they changed the recipe during pan. I do think chain restaurants do are better in the suburbs. 100%. <laughs> they are way better. It's insane. Like, I w- it. To go to a chain restaurant like in Times Square, everything's poison. To go to that same restaurant in, let's say, a suburb of Philadelphia, sacred. I mean, please, mm-hmm. it's Fine sacred. Dining. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> Larry, this has been a pure delight. Thank I you mean, so much for doing the pod. Thank you. It's so fun, Larry. <laughs> I, so much love for you. It really, I, I'm so happy we had this excuse to love to you see guys. one another. And no, chat. it was really lovely. More soon. More soon, <laughs> More soon. And, and come back to New York. <laughs> yes. oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll be there. <laughs> okay, okay, great. Bye. All right. But Bye, don't Larry. Wait, Larry. Don't leave.